Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. And I purposely started while Julia was in the middle of a big old laugh. So I don't know how you're going to work with gotcha. that. Grace. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to actually redo that? <laughs> We're just going to roll with We're it. Just so roll. Um, anyways, yeah, we always clap. Uh-huh. I clap to start and sure. that syncs the sound in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably the weakest clap oh, that anybody's ever heard. Right. Like it was it was like if mice were playing golf. <laughs> That's the sound of that clap. So. It, it was like, it was shockingly terrible. Mm-hmm. Like what's, what's wrong? Like, because there was a bit of intentionality on my part, like ready, I'm going to clap. Uh-huh. Let's do this. Uh-huh. And then when it came out, it was just like a putter. Uh-huh. It, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. That's what's happening. Yeah. But she was laughing and then <clears throat> it I was started. Bad. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. But uh, I'm father Sean Wilson sure. with me is Julia Monin mm-hmm. on darting through the faith podcast. So. Right. New year. New year. New season. New season. New dartboard. Back board. to the topics. Mm-hmm. Back to the dartboard. Well, new yeah. old dartboard. That's right. Everything old is new again. Yeah. I heard that from somewhere. It's a, it's like in a musical or something. Mm. It's it's a, I think. I don't know. High school musical? No. Okay. No, like an old musical. Everything mm. old is new again. But if you remember, this is the dartboard that Leah Koenig made us. Yes, shout out Leah. Leah Koenig just had a child. Yeah, so yes, she did. congratulations on the birth of Catherine. Yes, so congrats. that's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Yes. And thank you again for mm-hmm. sharing your gifts and talents with us. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh huh. So yeah, we're back to the catechism. The year of the Eucharist is past. The year of the Eucharist is gone. We sent it out with a bang last Sunday with Archbishop here. That's right. A mass. It was really awesome and beautiful. It really was. It was beautiful. And he he uh, he tied in a whole lot of things into his homily. He did. I don't know if you, like, it was the epiphany. Mm-hmm. We had some improvements to the church that we were thanking God for. Mm-hmm. And then the end of the year, the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I tried to get him to do a couple more things. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did. Did I tell you this? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. it, it, just divine providence didn't work out. Uh-huh. So I tried to get him to ordain Alex Dugas a deacon also. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> there were a few things that prevented that. There were a few things that prevented that. So, uh-huh. but I did. I asked him. I, mm-hmm. I said, you know, he was going over all this, like mm-hmm. how much was going on and how he's going to try and get it in his homily. Mm-hmm. And I said, could you do one more thing? Mm-hmm. And he looks at me like, really? Mm-hmm. And then I said that. And then, mm-hmm. and then I think there might have been an eye roll, which. <laughs> Is happens. that what you were fishing for? It was. It okay. was exactly what I wanted because <laughs> I, I know I've shared with you. I don't know if I've shared with any, everybody. I always feel like when I'm in the presence of the archbishop, who mm-hmm. I, I dearly love and respect mm-hmm. and grateful that he ordained me a priest and all of those sorts of things, but I always seem to stick my foot in my mouth. <laughs> and it's just like ridiculous. So I tried to plan how I was going to st- stick my foot in my mouth, what sort of where the eye roll was going to come from. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a malicious eye roll. It's sure. not a bad thing. It's just like, oh boy. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so I think that that and one other time mm-hmm. with the and that it was also a planned time, the other one. So mm-hmm. anyways, uh, it was a good end to the year of the Eucharist back, <laughs> back to, to where point. we were talking about. Oh, you told me that the other day and that, so he, this is what he said, people, he plans it because then it prevents him from accidentally and embarrassingly Sticking mm-hmm. his foot in his mouth. Right. And he, this is a practical tool he uses to prevent being a blubbering fool in front of him. Right. Those are my words, not yours. But <laughs> Accurate, though. Accurate. So just pure genius. Well, you know, I've known the man for like 13 years. Sure. And I'm finally learning how to not be a complete idiot. Just mm-hmm. a, a measured idiot. 
an idiot that I can control. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, he's beautiful. And Father Jason Williams was here with us too. Yeah. With he's the Archbishop. Archbishop's MC. Mm-hmm. Great classmate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, if you're ever curious about the time he got rescued off of a mountain in Canada. Yeah. What? How do you it, do what? Because I'm curious. Well, it was a forest fire. He was out camping. Yeah. And uh, there was a forest fire what? and they all had to get rescued by a helicopter. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, who's they all? How many people were with him? It was him and Father Tim Fahey who <laughs> they, they always have some good stories yeah. happening. So. Right. Was there anyone else? Like did everyone yeah, get rescued? Yeah. Yeah. There were other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was, became this whole, so it's been many years ago and mm-hmm. I haven't heard him tell the story in, uh, in a while, but there was something along the lines of like, there was quite a group of people and they had to take multiple trips of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. So like, who's going to go first sure. and get rescued? Like you see that in the movies, mm-hmm. like who's going to get out of there first. And mm-hmm. there was a bit of a, uh, I mean, it was, it was like funny, sad as to people who wanted to get off before other people. Sure. Anyways. Sure. True I don't human know. nature was shown. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember enough of the details sure. of the story to say anymore, but sure. Okay. Great. Oh, so I cut you off before we actually went live here, though this is not live, because you today, January 5th, the day we're recording this, oh, yeah. is a feast day, and you were talking about where we celebrate the life of St. John Neumann. Neumann. I said right. that wrong. I don't, I don't know if that's the right way. It sounds smart and better. Yeah. <laughs> Fake it till you make it, Julia. Fake it till you make it. So you were about to tell us about the time you tried to visit his grave, and I said, hold on. Yeah. Don't save it. Save that. Don't oh, just, don't it's not going to be that great of a us. story. Oh, but, okay. Wow. Um, so Father Jared Cohn and I were on a little road trip, mm-hmm. and so St. John Neumann was the Archbishop of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Neither Father Jared and I had been to Philadelphia before. So we actually, we went longer story. We went up to Boston and visited one of my high school friends Mm -hmm. who Father Jared knew. And so we were there in a couple days and we just decided none of us, he had never seen New York. So we stopped in New Jersey to look across and see the Statue of Liberty. And we kept going down to Philadelphia and we went to Philadelphia, spent the night on a Sunday night at the seminary and we're there Monday. And, um, we decided we'd try to go to mass Mm -hmm. at the the tomb of St. John Neumann. Mm -hmm turns out it was Memorial Day oh. and the place was closed, oh. didn't have mass. Oh. So the place was locked. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think I was a deacon at the time. And then we tried to go to the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul. They didn't have their noon mass because it was Memorial Day and I guess people aren't working. So you don't have things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was the last day in my life that I have not been to mass. Whoa. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So uh, maybe one day I'll make it to the tomb of St. John Neumann. Mm. I don't, I don't know. Mm. Wow. Yeah. But he was, he's great. Mm-hmm. So St. John Neumann um, was the, the bishop in the 1800s of Philadelphia, all sorts of expansion, but even actually one of the things just to wrap up the year of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. the 40 hours devotion, he was really big at promoting in his diocese. So that's 40 hours of Eucharistic adoration that normally ends with the procession. Mm-hmm. So he's, he was really big about promoting that in his parishes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's stories like whenever he would go visit a parish, he didn't care what was happening. He would first go to the blessed sacrament mm-hmm. before he greeted anybody else. He would greet our Lord mm-hmm. and then go about his business. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. I love St. John Neumann. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you read the office of readings today for his feast day mm-hmm. where he basically says, mm-hmm. I'll resign if you want me to. Mm-hmm. Like there were some things like he's not really good administration. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, he's like, I'll stay if you want. I, I feel like this is the, the life the Lord's called me to. But if you don't think so, if the mm-hmm. Pope thinks not, 
Mm-hmm. I'll step away. Absolutely. Dang. Yeah. Right. What an example. Yeah. <laughs> so. What an example of heroic virtue that we see played out in all the lives of the saints. <laughs> but I'll be darned. You're I'll, right. Yeah, that's right. I'll be darned. And that's really, that's really actually, uh, I find that very, I don't know, cool is not the right word, but just the fact that, you know, as a priest and that this is the heart of who you are as a priest is, and you were a deacon at that time. Is that mm-hmm. right? So you, you weren't ordained at that time. But to know when the last time you weren't at Mass was and to, to know when that date was and that, that that means something. Like most of us, like the last day I went to Mass, oh, yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. for most of us, that's not the reality of our lives. But that's really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite a gift that mm-hmm. the Lord gives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing that we can go to Mass every single day of our lives. Are you kidding me? Right. It, it, it's it's unbelievable when you think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even just from a perspective of, you know, like we're in a country where that's possible, like in terms of lack of persecution and um, just the means, like because mm-hmm. we, we are a very rich country where we can drive and get to our parishes and all that good stuff. Um, but then also just that it's something that is the norm right now in the mm-hmm. church that we that it's offered to us daily, which hasn't always been the case in the life of the church. And that's beautiful, too. And even from our Lord, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just like, hey, once a year, I want to be that close to you oh a couple gosh, times. Yeah. Like, but as often as you're in a state of grace, I want you to receive me in Holy Communion. Like, right. All right. I'll take that invitation. You kidding? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So. What a gift. Holy cow. Yeah. St. Okay. John Neumann, pray for us. Pray for us. That's right. Okay. We should pray. Oh. Speaking of prayers, huh? Yeah, that'd be great. the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks that you have made us for yourself. We thank you that you continue to draw us into a life of blessedness, a life of joy, and a life of happiness, and ask that you may help cleanse us of any false notions of beatitude, that you may heal all of our wounds and all of those places that we look for you that are not of you. And we ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Back to the catechism. Back to the catechism. Man, we should have I, a song or something I about loved, that. I love the year of the Eucharist, but uh-huh. there is something that I'm looking forward to being back in the catechism. Totally right? agree. It's from one grace to another grace, <laughs> right. right? Produced by another grace. Hey, you knew that was coming. Yeah. You felt it. Did you feel it coming? No, you surprised her at that. I felt it. <laughs> it was like the sun beginning to rise. It's about to come. Yeah, a dumb joke cometh. <laughs> Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. I am too also, I am also too, in addition. Moreover. Moreover. <laughs> <laughs> excited to be back into the catechism. I too enjoyed the year of the Eucharist, learned a ton. It was fun mm-hmm. to do that and to get back in here. Oh, I'm like, oh, this is, nice. this is truth, people. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> this is truth for the soul. And even we, we get a nice place to start. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Our desire for happiness. Mm-hmm. Vocation to Beatitude, the section's called. So this is paragraphs 1716 through 1724. And actually, when we ended up the season three, we threw the dart here. So a year ago. We've been waiting on this for a year. Desire for for happiness. People have been waiting. What does this mean? Yeah. Anyway, here we go. (laughs) Our vocation to Beatitude. So this falls in the catechism. So if you remember, quick refresher, yes. the catechism is broken up into four parts. Mm-hmm. The first part's the creed. Mm-hmm. The second part is the sacraments and the liturgy. The third part is uh, mor- the moral life. And then the fourth part is prayer. Mm-hmm. So we're in the third part. Mm-hmm. And the third part is broken. So the moral life. The, th- mm-hmm. the moral life is broken up into two 
two sections or two parts. The first part's just kind of morality in general. Mm -hmm. And then the second part's specifics, the 10 commandments, you know, what the 10 spells them out. So we're in the, we're in the third part of the Mm -hmm. catechism, the moral life, Mm -hmm. the first section of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, so that's broken up. We've done a couple of these already, Mm -hmm. like, um, the, about freedom, about sin, about the morality of action, so this is happiness, mm-hmm. which is the second one. Mm-hmm. So out of, I think there's like seven or eight of mm-hmm. these uh, different parts about morality in general. There's got to be a better name than just morality in general, <laughs> but I don't think there is. Well, you're proving, you're proving the point, which is chapter what one, the dignity of the human person. So this okay. is about the human person. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Absolutely. Desire happiness. for happiness. Yep. We all desire. It's written on our hearts by God himself. This desire for happiness. Right. Right? So this section begins 1716, laying out the Beatitudes, which are the heart of Jesus's preaching. These should probably sound familiar. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes. Um, of course, this is a short version that I'm reading, not the whole thing. But these are the Beatitudes, the yeah. heart of Jesus's preaching. And I think we talked about this not too long ago, this reality that these are like paradoxical promises, right? Like, this doesn't make sense. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You're telling me happiness, this this desire written on all of our hearts, true happiness can be found by being poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make, that's not what I was taught. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, Right. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Huh? Yeah. And it should shock us, right? right? It should startle us. And if if it just sounds like so rote, mm-hmm. then it we're probably not... We probably have to learn a little bit more about mm-hmm. what Jesus means here. And that's mm-hmm. probably all of us, right? Sure. To continually in our lives um, rediscover the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will do that in our lives if we're following them. Like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll remind us like, you know, when we're merciful... Blessed are the merciful, those who are wronged, who mm-hmm. are hurt, mm-hmm. and extend mercy to others. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that doesn't seem like the d- way for happiness, you know, mm-hmm. our natural instinct. Even sometimes we get encouraged from others, like get revenge, mm-hmm. get justice, get mm-hmm. what's yours, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody messes up, doctor malpractice, you should sue them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, car wrecks, the whole thing, see mm-hmm. what you can get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Lord's way to happiness is not mm-hmm. is not that, and that's just a specific example, right? Right. But the I, maybe the point that he's trying to make is like we all desire blessedness, mm-hmm. we all desire happiness, and and I think that's maybe the interchangeable word, blessed mm-hmm. and happy. Mm-hmm. Happy are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So yes, these beatitudes depict the countenance of Jesus Christ and portray His charity. They are the paradoxical promises that sustain hope in the midst of tribulations. They proclaim the blessings and, re- and rewards already secured, however dimly, for Christ's disciples. They have begun in the lives of the Virgin Mary and all the saints. That was reading from paragraph 1717. 17. So Quiz show follow up. Oh, golly. Yeah. What holy day of obligation you know this, don't you? No, I don't know. What holy day of obligation is the gospel, the Beatitudes? The end of that paragraph gives you a little With hint. With the Virgin Mary and the lives of the saints? The Was li- it when we just celebrated? The lives of the saints. Oh, All Saints Day? All Saints Day, yeah. 
The gospel is the Beatitudes. Thank you for spelling that out for me. You got it. I was not getting there. (laughs) So, okay. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Good. So then we, we get in. So the next section, so we got the Beatitudes, the desire to happiness. The Beatitudes respond to the natural desire for happiness. Mm-hmm. So it's written into our hearts. And I think probably everybody could say this, like nobody, nobody wants to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to feel hopelessness. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be in despairing where you look out and there's just, everything's bleak. Mm-hmm. Nobody desires, nobody who's, um, I think we would say of sound mind, mm-hmm. just on a nat- purely natural mm-hmm. level, like wants to be like watching soap operas all day, eating Doritos, crying, sitting mm-hmm. on their parents' couch, right? Like nobody, <laughs> that's the life they... They, Sorry, you are describing my high school years. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't Doritos, was it? wasn't it? Doritos. <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid, I kid. I know. <clears throat> so do I. But the, the, but you, yes, the point you are driving home is for for us, in, in sound mind, in a reasonable perspective, all of us desire happiness. Mm-hmm. And you can look. Look at the way. Look at the way we're living our lives. The, the reality is, is that there's a lot of us even those of us born and raised in the church who don't understand that true happiness comes from living in a life of these beatitudes, the heart of Jesus' teaching, the heart of this catechesis. And so we desire happiness, even though perhaps that's not something we're we're communicating or something we understand on a conscious level, but we seek it in all these other ways. So we desire happiness, we seek it in binge-watching television, because for that hot second, that brings us some sort of pleasure that we equate as happiness, Mm -hmm. even though that's not truly what happiness is. And so... What do I do? I was happy for that hot second that I was watching that TV. So let's just keep binge watching that. You know, right. the, the, that food made me happy for a second. So I'll just keep eating that food. So you can see in our actions as human beings that it is written on our hearts. But because we don't fully understand what true happiness is or we're misguided or we don't have the formation to conceive that, we seek it in all these other things in right. the world. Yeah. Bingo. Right. Mm-hmm. We all desire happiness. Mm-hmm. And that that desire is infinite, right? Like, and that's why you keep, you can keep binge watching something or, mm-hmm. or and you know, that's just an easy example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you keep looking for more, mm-hmm. right? And even like the drug addict, this sure. is, you keep looking for the next fix, right? Mm-hmm. You keep looking for, um, the next, the next, whatever experience, whether that's, you know, and you could just name this, the sins, the vices, whether it's food, whether it's drugs, whether mm-hmm. it's sex or whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just keep looking for more, but, there's only a finite, there's a limited amount of that, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're written in our hearts is for infinite happiness. And the it needs an infinite being to respond to our infinite desire to hap- for mm-hmm. happiness. And that means it all comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? That he's the only one that can really, right? St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Mm-hmm. Because, well, we all desire this incredible, profound happiness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we settle for pleasure. So... yes. And this is the beauty of how God created us and, and the beauty of his His wisdom that surpasses all of our own and all of our understanding is because he's desired our hearts for this infinite happiness that can only truly be fulfilled with him, it's kind of like no matter how far away we, we look for this happiness in the world, in everything you just mentioned, and then mm. some power, money, pleasure, whatever sure. it may be, like our hearts have this magnetic force and that's again, there's much better terms for that. It's not truly what it is that are always drawn back to our creator. And because he designed us for this infinite happiness that will never be fulfilled in, in no matter how powerful we are, how successful we are, how much 
money we have or whatever your thing is that you're seeking this happiness in the form of, and it's different for all of us, um, it will never be fulfilled. Sure. Right? So you're always going to be aching for something. I have everything I ever wanted in life, Mm -hmm. and yet I am absolutely miserable. How can this be? Right? Oh. And those things in and of themselves aren't bad. Absolutely, right? right. But they're breadcrumbs to something more, Mm -hmm. right? They're a trail that gives us back to the one that actually gives the gift, Mm -hmm. right? So a good meal is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Even a good friend is is even better. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it should point us back to the one who gives, Mm -hmm. the one who who created the one who established this food or, or, you know, or designed what, you know, whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they should point us back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and if we put all of our hope in our love in whatever it is, you know, if it's a sports team or something like that, that we're just following, um, we're not, we're, we're, we're giving to that something it could never fulfill. Right. Even if it's like, even if it's like a spouse, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and that comes out so many issues in like in marriage, we expect we're longing for God and we're expecting our spouse to fulfill that, mm-hmm. which they never could. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's the expectations of an infinite perfection mm-hmm. that a spouse could never, it's not fair to them to expect that, mm-hmm. but they can point to God. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it, 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 and so it means all of these created things and it's not like God's good. Everything else is bad and it's evil. That's actually, that's actually heresy. Sure. Um, but the Lord gives, they are their signs. They point, Mm -hmm. they point to him. They should draw us back to him. They should Mm -hmm. help us to, to grow in thanksgiving towards the Lord. So, Mm -hmm. so creation isn't bad, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's probably a point we should put is like these things direct us to the Lord. Um, but if in and of themselves apart from God, they're incomplete. Perfect. Yes. Amen. Christian beatitude. The last section here on mm-hmm. this vocation to beatitude. The New Testament uses several expressions to characterize the beatitude to which God calls man. So, in this section too, something to note because we we are seeing the word beatitude <clears throat> wrote over and over again, and so enlighten those of us who are reading this with us because there are times here where we see it capitalized, like the beatitudes, mm-hmm. and that's where it's talking about the beatitudes that. Christ gave us in scripture, those that we started out with the reading, the blessed are the Mm -hmm. poor in spirit. But then we also see like in this sentence, the New Testament uses several expressions to characterize the beatitude, which is lowercase in this um, example, to which God calls man. So what actually is the definition of the word beatitude? So Mm. we can differentiate what they're talking about here. I can only give my own definition, right? Like, uh, I don't have anything prepared, Mm. but I'd say beatitude, it's similar, going to be synonymous for happiness Mm -hmm. for vocate for for yeah and basically everything that's described here Mm -hmm. but i think you use the word beatitude because it it gives that that christian spin of blessedness and it also seems to tie in the root of beauty also Mm -hmm. like that there's this longing in our hearts so so basically christian happiness Mm -hmm. and authentic happiness that comes from the lord that's a gift that we receive from god Mm The fulfillment of that, the, like yeah. the fulfillment, the what you were talking about, like the infinite desire in our hearts mm-hmm. that can only be infinitely filled by God, like the fulfillment of all of this, Christian beatitude, Christian happiness, mm-hmm. Christian blessing. Okay. So then the New Testament uses um, several expressions to characterize the beatitude to which God calls man. So this this fulfillment of all happiness, this beatitude to which God calls man. And that seems to be, we get glimpses of it on earth, but I, I, it sounds like what it's talking about yeah. here is eternal. Exactly. It's right. The one we're going to, that is going to be beyond something we experience 
continuously, I would say. You know, you get bits and pieces of it here mm-hmm. on earth, and the saints probably get more mm-hmm. than just bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. it's the eternal destiny of us. Right, which I believe, um, yeah, we get more of that in paragraph 1721. I was just reading from 1720. But 1721 goes that God puts us in the world to know, to love, and to serve him, and so to come to paradise Beatitude makes us partakers of the divine nature and of eternal life. With beatitude, man enters into the glory of Christ and into the joy of the Trinitarian life. So yes, this fulfillment, this beatitude that's coming in in eternal life, where we Mm -hmm. are living in the joy of this Trinitarian life with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, So anyway, back to where where I read three times now. I'm going to finish this because you guys are hanging on edge because I've just been baiting you this whole time. The New Testament (laughs) uses several expressions to characterize the beatitude to which God calls man. The coming of the kingdom of God, the vision of God, for example, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, entering into the joy of the Lord and entering into God's rest. So this is where we get from the New Testament using these expressions that give us this definition of what this life to come is mm-hmm. meant to be. Coming of God's kingdom, talked about that a lot when we talked about the Our Father, right? Mm-hmm. The of vision God. of God, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, so being able to see him, entering into the joy of the Lord, this, this true infinite happiness that will only be perfectly fulfilled in this life that is to come, and then entering into God's rest, this this peace that surpasses all understanding that will only, again, reach its fulfillment in the life that is to come. And all of those are scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the church just like, hey, well, how could right. we describe this? Right. So those, those are all footnoted in the catechism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, entering the joy of the Lord, that's from Matthew 25, you know, where the the um, the sheep and the goats, were, uh, the, sh- the sheep on this side come share the master's joy. Mm-hmm. When did we feed you? When did we clothe you? When did we see you naked? All that thing. Mm-hmm. It says, come share your master's joy. Mm-hmm. So they're all scriptural base, right? Mm-hmm. That was... That so was get your Bible and also get a catechism. These two go hand They do. Hand. They do. <laughs> and I believe maybe you can even buy like a Bible that has the catechism sort of worked into it. It might be the Didache Bible, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think. That sounds right. Also, your catechism, if... If I think there's later editions that have that are so well scripturally indexed, the indexes of the catechism are just remarkable mm-hmm. and redonkulous. Redonkulous. Yeah. Redonkulous. Whether it's topical, whether it's the glossary, whether it's even the index of uh, of writers, so like early church fathers and stuff that are in here. Um, I love oh, it when the, the ridiculous too. donkey show up. When those ridiculous donkeys show up, hee haw! You know, things are getting serious. Hee haw! <laughs> I cannot correct from that. I'm sorry. That's all right. We're moving on. Let's move on. Okay, so um, 1722. Such beatitude surpasses the understanding and powers of man. Yep. (laughs) It comes from an entirely free gift of God. I mean, yeah, doesn't it? I mean, you fully understand what's going to happen in the life to come here? This beatitude reaching its fulfillment. You got that? You can put that into words for us. I have not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has anybody. Hence my, yep. That's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Tell me something that's not obvious, catechism. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I kid, catechism. I kid. Yeah. I kid. Because, I mean, how many images of heaven are purely human, right? Right. Like, you know, in heaven, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, no, you're going to have better things to do than to... Play golf with those mice? Yeah. Play golf with them mice. That's right. Let's move on. <laughs> the next paragraph, though, I thought was really 
it was really kind of instructive. Yes. The beatitude, the beatitude we are promised confronts us with decisive moral choices. It invites us to purify our hearts of bad instincts and to seek the love of God above all else. So this is a beatitude, the happiness that the Lord gives us, but it's not, we have a part to play in this, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have a way to open ourselves up to the happiness that God gives that only exists in him. And so that means to free ourselves from desires and places that we're putting happiness in. And maybe that's, that's an, that's an obvious one, but not so much. I mean, I even think in our own lives how much we look for we look for joy in places that aren't it, and our hearts get attached to things mm. other than the Lord. And so, it, it, and so that's what moral decisions are all about. What actually is going to lead me to eternal happiness, mm-hmm. right? And even to think about like, okay, going to mass on Sunday. Well, I could do this, this, or this, or I could get some extra sleep, or I could get some chores knocked off my list so that I I can rest this afternoon and watch the Browns game or whatever. Mm. But what's actually going to, what moral choice is going to bring us eternal happiness? Mm-hmm. And even one like that's just been coming up with different decisions in my own life is about telling the truth, mm-hmm. right? And like being honest about how we're following through on on certain things. And mm-hmm. it's, it's real easy just to say like, all right, let's skirt that. Let's kind of act like that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a moral choice there to be honest. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we all yeah. have our things that kind of... yeah. Well, in, in, in your position as a pastor, you see that a lot and you have a, it's part of your duty to, mm-hmm. to guide all of us in that <clears throat> in a smaller version, we have all of this in the life of our souls where we're not totally honest with ourselves. Cause we do that same mm-hmm. thing. Like, ah, that might, that kind of seems like an area that maybe I could do some work on, but you know what? Let's just skirt over that. We'll gloss sure. over that. We'll get to that later. We're going to sweep that under the rug. We're not going to talk about that. It's, that's such a minor thing. You know, mm-hmm. this slight addiction I have to whatever it might mm-hmm. be. We'll, we'll get to that later. So we do that all the time with ourselves. We're not truly honest with ourselves. And all the spiritual masters, all these masters in the life of prayer, the scripture, the teachings we get from the Lord Jesus himself, like our walks begin and our lives of prayer begin with humility, like humbling mm-hmm. ourselves before him and admitting we're, we're children before him, weak children who need him, who are dependent upon him. And so much of this, ah, I'll get to that later, is this reality of not having proper self-knowledge of like who we really are. So it's not like this condemning. Of course, the Lord didn't come to accuse us and to condemn us. He came to save us, but also this reality that we're, we're, we're very quick to gloss over the pain, right? Excuse ourselves. Excuse ourselves. Um, and yeah, you're in a position like you and it's a corporal, it's a spiritual work of mercy, right? To admonish the sinner. Mm -hmm. We all are put in situations where you're like, I'd rather not speak truth and love to you right now, but you know, yeah. yeah. So anyway, okay. You know what helps with that? In brief, no. This with the speaking the truth in love oh. when it's scary and with yourself and with others. Oh. God's help. God, keeping your eye focused on eternal life. Right. Like the recognition of we have life after this, and your soul and my soul needs to know truth here in order to be purified and be drawn closer to him. And so you and may be happy with that. Exactly. Yeah. You may hate me now and I may hate myself now for being hard about this. But the reality is, is I love your soul more than perhaps you love it yourself. And mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to grow in this, not holiness, but that will also be what happiness. Happiness. Yeah. Right. Wow. Right. A blessed life. A blessed life. Yeah. Okay. So the Decalogue, the last one, the Decalogue, the Sermon on the Mount, the Decalogue, that's the Ten Commandments, in the Apostolic Catechesis, describe for us the path that lead to the kingdom of heaven. 
sustained by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we tread them step by step by everyday mm-hmm. acts. Which is really good news. Like we don't have to figure out the path to happiness all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. God gives the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. He gives the Sermon on the Mount. He gives all everything in this catechism and everything else to help us on the way towards happiness. We don't have to like figure out ourselves because mm-hmm. that's like that's way too much pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the Lord loves us and he's going to give us the Holy Spirit to encourage, mm-hmm. to convict, mm-hmm. to um, help us with perseverance. Mm-hmm. So be not afraid. As we do what? Tread them step by step. And that's the thing too. It's not like God like... You got to have this all figured out tomorrow and if not... yeah cast out right and he takes this spotlight and shines it all at us at yeah. one time it's like gotcha figure it out yeah <laughs> look at all this jesus yeah. out <laughs> i'm out of here right it's not it's not that at all it is totally this this merciful gracious slow by step by step as much as we can handle at a time mm-hmm. like but then again like you said giving us the grace the courage to persevere to um the yeah the fortitude too oh, yeah kidding me are you kidding me you kid you kidding me <laughs> no did you just say kitten meat? I did. Why are you joking about kitten meat? Is it because you have all those cats that show up on your back porch all the time? <laughs> 20 of them at one time, Grace, had to show up on my back porch. I came home. I went out to get a package and like, I don't even know where they came from. What, 20 what cats. was in that package? Was it, was it meow mix? It was not. I was frightened. I, what is happening? Yeah. My little guy, be brave, mom. They're just cats. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for you to say. Oh. But there's so many at one time. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, true story that happened. The start of a horror movie. And I agree. I agree. Not that. No offense if you like cats, but twenty of them on your back porch that aren't yours. Right. That's a whole like different. All level. at one time coming yeah. at you out of nowhere. Like where it's did they hurt. even come from? Where are you hiding? Twenty cats. I know they came from my neighbors. It's all good, but <laughs> they all came at once. Okay. Wow. Okay. Anything else? I I think that's <clears throat> that's sufficient. So truth be told, we're recording two podcasts today. So we threw the dart last week. We did. I yeah. didn't want to like people like get really excited to like see you throw the start and then they'd be disappointed. Yeah. So we threw it. We know where we're going. We know where we're going. Next week we'll be on uh, 554 to 560, just a few little seven paragraphs there talking about the transfiguration and the entrance into Jerusalem. So 556 to 560. Right. Shout out to Valerie, who was able to throw the dart for us off mm-hmm. camera to land us there. She did a great job. She did. Mm-hmm. She did. Are you happening to look at the hole she left in the wall? Ah, what Because your eyeballs I forgot. I, as you were talking about that, I remembered how that all went down last week. She may have missed the dart part and landed it in a wall. but you Just know, once. It was only once. Yeah. And it's fine. We're proud of her. We just said, just rub that in. It's fine. No one's going to yeah. see that. If you can find the hole in the camera where the dart went through in the wall behind us. However, some of those could be mine. Oh, true. I've hit the dart. True. I've hit the wall a couple of times. True, true, so true. True. Okay. She's in company. She's I wasn't going to say good company because I don't want to make those sorts of decisions <laughs> about myself. But she's not alone. <laughs> she's not alone. Correct. All right. Well, we had so many wonderful quotes from saints in mm-hmm. this passage, some from St. Augustine, um, some from St. Irenaeus. Irenaeus. Ah, I knew I was going to mess that up. Irenaeus. Irenaeus. Ah. Um, and so if, if it's okay, I'll just kind of read some of those as we close out, like prayerfully here, some of these saints we had in this section about happiness and the desire written on our hearts. We all want to live happily. 
In the whole human race, there is no one who does not assent to this proposition, even before it is fully articulated. How is it, then, that I seek you, Lord, since in seeking you, my God, I seek a happy life? Let me seek you so that my soul may live, for my body draws life from my soul, and my soul draws life from you. God alone satisfies. There we shall rest and see, we shall see and love, we shall love and praise. Behold, what will be at the end without end? For what other end do we have? if not to reach the kingdom which has no end. God alone satisfies.